This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Total Saints Podcast. If you like Southampton FC-related chat and opinion, then you're in the right place. And this week we have a change of scenery as well, as we're recording live from the Five Rivers Sport Bar and Grill in Southampton. A big thanks to them for allowing us to do so. And if you're tuning in purely to listen to our interview with Ralph Hasenhutl, sorry, but that's next episode. Anyway, I'm delighted to say that we have several wise and fanatical red and white heads with us. Steve Grant, owner of saintsweb.co.uk and TSP Regular. Freddie Hunt from The Ugly Inside and Glenn Delacour from league1-10.blogspot.co.uk. Good afternoon, guys. Nice to have you with us. Afternoon. afternoon. Hello. It's great to have you all with us and uh, we start to wrap up and close off the uh, 2018-19 season. On this episode, which we're recording pre-Huddersfield, I'm going to be getting the chap's thoughts on the season as a whole, talk about some of our favourite moments, discuss which players currently out on loan might be worth a chance again next season and also where we think Ralph Hasenhutl needs to focus any transfer strengthening this summer. Before we get into that, a couple of quick shout outs. Firstly to Saints legend Francis Benali. As many of you will know, Franny and his team have been raising money for cancer research by completing a number of Ironman events over the course of last week. Amazingly, they've now passed the £1 million mark, so many, many congratulations to everyone at Team Ironman, especially Franny himself, on an incredible achievement. Secondly, a little closer to home, we've had a new TSP patron sign up this week, Joe Stanley-Smith via patreon.com. Joe, a very big thank you to you from Adam, myself and all the team at TSP. Right, let's get on with the podcast, sponsored by happyhottubs.co.uk. This is TSP 75. 
Me? I could never own a hot tub. Stop it. That's the kind of negative thinking that's preventing you from sitting in a hot tub right now. Talk to Happy Hot Tubs today, where owning a hot tub is as easy as one, two, three. One, choose your hot tub. Two, choose your accessories. And three, choose the way you pay with 0% finance available on selected models. I could own a hot tub. That's the spirit. You deserve happy with Happy Hot Tubs. Happyhottubs.co.uk so as earlier mentioned, we're recording this prior to the Huddersfield game, so the season isn't quite done and dusted yet. But Steve, on the whole, what do you make of this season? Um, it's It's been a weird one because, I mean, obviously the first 15, 20 games or so, we were largely hopeless. And yet the improvement has been so stark since we had the change of manager. And yet somehow we're still 16th. And I guess that kind of shows how bad we were at the start and how poor the sort of points return was. But, yeah, it's just been an odd season, which has kind of fluctuated from from little spells of, oh, yeah, this is this is actually great, and it's all really interesting again. Then going sort of from one week to the next, the next is then just, oh, God, it's dull, we've just lost home to Cardiff. And I think everyone realistically is probably going to be quite glad to see the back of it. Mm. But at the same time, there is that kind of... Maybe next season might be all right. It's it's kind of a little bit Liverpool-esque in. Oh, next year's our year, but maybe. Mm, who knows? It's good to be optimistic, I think. And Glenn, I mean, you obviously go to a lot of the home games and travel away. What have you made of it as ups and downs? I think, as Steve says, yeah, it, it has been the classic season of two halves, isn't it? Um, the first half of the season, we combined being rubbish with being a little bit unlucky. As well, there was a few games where we could have had more points with, with just the rub of the green. I don't think Hughes was a lucky manager whatsoever, and we weren't lucky to have him in the end. Uh, <laughs> and when um, you know when he left, that was the when he got fired. That was the the critical point. And if we got that appointment wrong, um, we'd be dead now completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, we got it right. And ever since then, I've I've seen nothing but positives. There's, there's been the odd bump in the road, like someone mentioned the Cardiff game earlier. Um, which I think Ralph will probably admit he got that a bit wrong. He admitted it yesterday. Yeah, so I did it really. Big, yeah, big, so big uh, test, yeah. so um, but it's been mainly positive, and I, I always think you you look at where you are now and look at where you were this time last year. Undoubtedly, we are in a, a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, so g- going forward, I agree. It's good to see the season done, um, but it's uh, promises to be a good season next year. Yeah, I think as the chaps have said, Freddie, for me, it's almost kind of hard to remember the first half of the season. It's just everyone, <laughs> all you sort of think about is the, the post Hootel era almost. Mm. But uh, I think it's important to remember, you know, we look at some of the players, Redmond and Ward Prowse and players like that, that have really developed the second half of the season. But it's almost trying to remember the, the sort of ups and downs that not only the club has had, but the players have had as well. I think actually the chaps before me have, have taken the, the words right out of my mouth. The first night I've got here is largely forgettable before December, which Steve has mentioned. The next one I've got is a cliche game of two halves. <laughs> so I think we're all in, uh, in agreement here. No, yeah. but I think it has to be said that when we had Mark Hughes, I think that the, 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 the whole club was on its knees. And um, I think the enthusiasm was sucked out of everybody. And, and even to the, the case that uh, you know the fans have given up, my enthusiasm had, had, had been tested. I was questioning whether... I should be reporting every week saying, oh, another defeat, another defeat. We've lost this, we've lost that. We've lost that from another winning position. But, you know, since Ralph's come in, he's lifted it from, from bottom to top. Mm. You know, he's from everybody, from the kit man to the chairman to the fans, the, the tea lady, for everybody, you know. And I think it's, it's down to his meticulous attention to detail, the video reports, the individual meetings that has, that's been reported. And they're in two different universes, Mark Hughes and uh, Ralph Hasenhutu. And 
like you say, I think we've got reasons to be positive moving into next season. Mm. And I, th- I think the good thing as well is, you know, it's kind of been forced upon us to a certain extent, but thinking about that, Freddie, it's, it's the development of some of the young players. Um, you know, when I spoke to, to Ralph and everyone will be able to listen to it in TSP 76, one of the things I spoke to him about was the fact that we kind of shipped out the players that he didn't want. He's focused on young developing players and he kind of admitted, you know, we haven't got money to just bring in the talent. So he's kind of done it the hard way as well, which I think mm. makes it even more impressive. I think what, what he's done as well, he's, I suppose we bound around a key word at Southampton Football Club, potential. Mm. This, this lad's got potential. He can do this, he can do that, but we don't. We haven't actually seen much of it. I mean, Nathan Redmond's a prime example. Came in what two and a half years ago, uh, alongside Pierre Mohuber. But Ralph has got the best out of him. He's unlocked that potential alongside James Will Price. You know, he's probably the long. I think he is the longest serving uh, yeah. member of the first team right now. But I think it's such an amazing job that he's shipped out half of the first team players. That, well, their attitude has been tested. Their attitude is not for the team. Yeah. You know, we've seen the likes of Cedric, a European winner. For Portugal, Wesley Hooten, a Dutch international, they've been they've been slung to the side, you know, and we've done the best out of a well, even sort of a younger players and Leicester his at his disposal. Yeah, we've spoken about it quite a bit, Steve, haven't we? Week in week out, but you know, I think all of us would admit that the board have taken a bit of a kick in the last few years for some of their decisions. But bringing Ralph Hasenhutl in, I know Mr. Krieger's moved on or will move on, but that was such a big decision by the club, and I think we can look back now and say one they got absolutely right. Yeah, I think it was good to see that they kind of thought well actually let's go back to doing what we did before that worked mm. football was always in a state of flux and, and trends are always changing um, but I think clubs can have their own sort of uh, idiosyncrasies that just work for them mm. and for Saints that, is, that has been plucking some obscure foreign foreign coach I mean Koeman obviously isn't, isn't quite as obscure but um, certainly wasn't top of the list for a lot of people mm. and bringing them in and kind of giving them giving them a framework to um, enhance not only their own reputation but the reputation of the players and those I think those two go go hand in hand like people say oh well um, we'll struggle to keep hold of him okay good <laughs> because that means that he's doing well yeah. and as I said in I think in the last pod Eventually, Saints fans have got to accept that we have a we have a particular place in the food chain, yeah. and that isn't at the top table. Um, I mean, quite timely in that this week there was the leaked details of um, what UEFA and the big clubs are planning for um, the Champions League and Europa League. In that, basically, it's just a massive land grab by the big clubs, and we are going to be fighting for scraps. And so, as a result, you've got to kind of maximise what little resource you've got in compared to those. And use that manpower for the for kind of the best that you can. And Hasn't it was is clearly a coach that is able to do that. Yeah. And Kuman and obviously Pochettino were, were also similarly well equipped. Um, Claude Puel, I think, can do it in certain circumstances and did for us in in many ways. But Hughes was Hughes was very much a sort of roll of the dice and go for one of the usual suspects on the on the sort of British managerial merry ground and it was it was a very uncharacteristic appointment that one and it was I mean while he obviously kept he kept us up although I mean how much of it was down to him is questionable I always thought that giving him the deal on a long term basis was an absolute disaster yeah. and it was fortunate that it only took what four months for them to realise the error of their ways I mean yes it's cost us a few quid yeah. but they got us back on the straight and narrow and hopefully um, I mean, there's a lot of work ahead in terms of the headcount mm. because they're going to have to move on a load of people. It's probably going to cost us money to get rid of those players. Yeah. But in order to bring the sort of players that 
Ralph is going to want, we're going to have to shed some. Mm. And if we can get busy on that fairly quickly, then yeah, I don't see don't see any reason why, at least the next season, because realistically the manager's going to be in demand and some of the players may well be if we if we do do all right on the pitch then yeah, I don't see any reason why we can't at least not be looking over our shoulders for 80% of the season yeah thinking about the season then Glenn a couple of moments two or three moments from you that you sort of look back on and think oh you know that actually almost entertained me excited me to a certain extent um I'll start off with one which didn't really entertain or excite me it kind of did the opposite but it was very important it was um Wesley Hoyt when he decided to Unleash his inner Messi in the corner <laughs> against Fulham. Um, well, it was kind of a. He, he thought he was Gosh. some sort of superhero that could yeah. hold off an entire attack and just prove how strong he was. Yeah. To be fair, he um, set up a goal, didn't he? He did set up a goal. It's very good. And uh, they crossed. They crossed the ball. Scored. Beat us three-two. Hughes got sacked. Um, and Wesley Hoyer, I don't think, ever played for the club again. No. Um, and that. As as a moment, I think is 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 quite a significant one. Well, we had the Man United the Man United yeah. games the week after, I think, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Did he yeah. play? In that? So um, yeah, yeah. So but then but that was the um, yeah that was the straw for both Hughes and yeah. yeah. And I'd lo- I'd love to know going back to that whether someone told Ralph we don't want this guy yeah. or whether Ralph made up his mind from one training session or maybe he knew before that that would be an interesting uh, yeah. one to find out. Yeah. So there there was that which I think was quite a key moment. Um, when Charlie Austin the much maligned Charlie Austin mostly by me when he scored the winning goal against Arsenal we won 3-2 I think that was key because it showed us that we could pick up points this season in games that we weren't really expected to Mm. because our results against the better clubs that was about our millionth game against the top six had had been garbage and we we got used to going into those games knowing we were going to get beat and it was a case of I know Arsenal have fallen apart a little bit since then, but at that point in time, they were twenty odd unbeaten, something like mm. that, and mm. and we managed to turn them over, which is totally unexpected. And I think that got everybody believing in what yeah. Ralph was doing. And if he can get, you know, Shane Long chipping the ball over and Charlie Austin in it in the net, if he can do that in three or four He's weeks, then lucky generals and all that. Yeah, another key moment. I think uh, Nathan Redmond's first goal, which was at Huddersfield away. Yeah. Um, Great ball through by Hoybier and Redmond lashed it in the net. That seemed to, you know, he'd been playing reasonably well up until that point without having the end product. That was the first sort of bit of end product. And from then on in, he's been a totally different player and he's wound up winning two Player of the Year awards. Yeah. Um, he is massively important to us this year. Mm-hmm. My favourite goal of his this year was the, um, the one against Wolves where he moved in front yeah. of the defender and knocked it in from close range. We've struggled with that move, that mm-hmm. kind of movement up front since Sadio Mane left. So to, to have him doing that, hopefully you can do that more often from that sort of central position next year. So those are the sort of three moments that, or three four moments, I think I was greedy there. But, uh, <laughs> the moments that I've picked out as being being key. Yeah, well, I, I was going to come to Freddie, but I'll jump in there then. So I absolutely, I had the Charlie Austin winner for exactly the same reasons you mentioned. It was Ralph's first home game. It did kind of set the tone for his uh, period. I also had a Huddersfield goal, but it was the Oberfemi one for a different reason in that, you know, we kind of had gone 2-0 up, hadn't we? Huddersfield somehow had scored against us, and then they had that sort of 10 minutes where they were all over us and Saints were hanging on. And that Oberfemi goal, you know, it was obviously he was the youngest Premier League goal scorer for us, but I think it was just more the fact that 
it was again it was a sign of sort of maybe the tide was turning in terms of luck because they were all over us he stuck the ball away he, we missed, went on a, to he missed a few chances in previous games yeah, as exactly. well, he? and it was kind of like oh that was a massive away three points that was back to back wins and that sort of thing and then the last one for me um, was Prowski's free kick and beating Spurs you know I think it was just the fact of yeah. again it was such a massive result at such a massive part of the season and uh, over the years Saints have just you kind of thought once they go one nil down game over and half the time these days when they go one nil up it's game over for us but uh, <laughs> I think the fact was you know that was a win against the Spurs team that they still had Kane then they still had Merricks um, and all the players and yet we'd come back from 1-0 down to win the game and it sort of showed I spoke about it the other week Ian Dowie style bounce back ability but it was the fact that you know this, this Saints side under Harsley to actually they got a bit about them they can, can fight a bit so yeah they were the, the ones for me very similar to yours but uh, what about you Freddie? I think uh, you know I was actually asked this question a couple of weeks ago what was a defining moment of the season I think it was the Arsenal result the 3-2 and I think it was a true sample, a flavour of, of things to come under Ralph Hasenhutl. And, you know, like you, like you said a minute ago, it's the first time we had beaten a top six side in nearly two and a half years. You know, I think we lost count how many times we attempted to win against it. And I want to add to also, you know, the Tottenham game, it was our first comeback, in mm. fact, for, you know, About echelon <laughs> years, you know. But we all know the record now is, what, 27 points lost from winning positions. Yeah. And, yeah. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was good. We had to throw we had to throw it in there somehow. You know, fifteen in the last ten minutes, I think. As well. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that almost makes stand up even more like somehow achievable. Yeah. But it's, but it's, all, it's also more annoying because you see, if you, I mean, you're, ne- you're never going to be able to eradicate all of those because no. there are two teams on the even pitch. half of them or something. Yeah, you get rid of half and we're ninth. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Typical Saints, but uh, yeah. yeah. So crack on, pretty soon. I mean, it, yeah, it was a comeback, and I suppose. Again, the, 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 the James Ward Prowse free kick, well, I think it was just sheer euphoria. And uh, by all accounts, I think we deserve to win that game, and Tottenham didn't offer a fight at all in the second half. But my third one, in fact, is actually almost a, an anti decision. Um, like it. And uh, I'm a big fan of. It's not Wesley again. <laughs> 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 I couldn't believe they got rid of Wesley Hoyt. <laughs> I, personally, I'm a big fan of video assistant referees, or video assistant replays. So. I think we, uh, Charlie Austin's uh, Park Life, uh, we've that seen the, 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 the <laughs> clip online after he, he goes on to rant to the that press. Was that Watford game? And in fact, I, missed this season. Yeah. I think that was the third Watford game that we were, uh, there was some controversy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was truly the, uh, the straw that broke the camera. Yeah, back she's had some yeah, yeah. punching it in yeah. last season. Yeah. yeah. You could say Charlie Austin is is uh, is due. Uh, he's the reason why that we'll be seeing yeah. video assistant ref- referees yeah, next season. Pretty much, yeah. But they're having a laugh. They've got to get out of there and help him. <laughs> um, what about what about you and Stephen? I mean, I know you're a hard man to please, aren't you? So yeah. I, I, you're struggling to think of two or three. Yeah, well, I should I should think perversely. I think actually that defeat to Cardiff at home, where I think going into that game, everyone just assumed we were going to roll them over. Mm. Because we'd been on the great run, we'd yeah. we got we pulled ourselves out of trouble. Yeah, they're crap. They were dreadful, and they, they were dreadful for most of that game as well. But we just couldn't break them down. And I think losing that game, I think if we'd drawn that game, I think we'd actually possibly still be in trouble mm. because I think the attitude of um, having rescued a point, you'd just be so relieved, and you wouldn't actually go back and analyse the fact that you were largely rubbish in that game whereas having lost the game obviously there's a massive sort of degree of introspection going on and Hasenhut was furious in his post-match interview and um, you would assume that was translated to a massive bollocking in the dressing room and probably in on Sunday doing sort of look, watching the video back and all this sort of stuff and I think actually that game even though we lost it 
Can you imagine watching 90 minutes of that guy back again? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's proper punishment. I'm going to make a call to HR now. <laughs> and then run a thousand laps of steamboard and then watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think to make things worse, that day when we went to the Coliseum, then we were saturated from head to toe. Yeah. No, that was the home game. I mean, oh, the home yeah. game. Oh, the home game. Well, yeah. And even the away game was even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the away game, I don't think any of us were expecting an awful lot given that he'd been in charge he'd had what one training session I think mm. there's there's only so much you can do other than get people to run around a bit more yeah. um, and but people it was almost put in perfect because it was like you know typical Saints way performance absolute dross individual error gives away the guy it's like yeah. welcome to Southampton in, this is what it's in like the pissing years. Welsh rain it yeah, was yeah, just, yeah, exactly, oh god yeah. it was we grim we've been on this for 30 years yeah. Yeah. so uh, there we go just finally on this section then um, Steve I know you spoke about Nathan Redmond last week as Glenn's mentioned he picked up both awards at uh, the uh, Saints player do the other night I should shout out that he also picked up the Daily Echo award from Adam Leach's paper etc etc but <laughs> in terms of your view the, the right player of the season or would you have had someone else uh, yes no I think I, I think he's been the right player of the season he's made the biggest improvement since this time last year um, his goals when mainly when Ralph first came in were key to getting the whole ball rolling to um, to save us from the drop um, one that we haven't mentioned that we possibly could have mentioned in the last section was Ryan Bertrand got an injury and from there Pierre Hoybier was mm-hmm. made captain I yeah. think that's made a big difference yeah. as well because yeah. I don't think whilst I think Bertrand's a very exceptionally good player yeah. I'm not sure captaincy is really yeah. his thing and I think Hoybier is a, is a better captain I think that that has made a difference as well yeah. but uh, so yeah shout out to Pierre but I think Redmond is definitely the right choice yeah. Freddie same, same views I think personally I, I, th- I think I remember voting for James Will Prowse yeah. uh, but I, I do agree with Glenn's comments that uh, I think over the season Redmond has been the most consistent you know at the start of the season he went to this uh, over to America and, and done his own sort of training regime and he tried to kick on there but like I said earlier I think Ralph has unlocked that potential but I think uh, the best reaction I suppose under the new manager it has got to be credited to James Will Prowse mm. you know he wasn't in the team for the first two three weeks he had an individual meeting with him in his office you know so this is what we want from you and since then he's gone yeah. on to you know being an important figure unable to be displaced in the first eleven. you know coming up with these amazing free kicks and you know he's had half a dozen chances mm. uh, in the years before but Two incredible free kicks against, well, even even in the circumstances against, you say the best goalkeeper in the world right now, he, yeah. clutching at Finesse, De Gea, mm-hmm. and then the, the following week almost a carbon copy against Hugo Lloris. Mm. So I think I voted for James Will Prowse, and personally I'm a big fan of him, and I think he's got a great character, and I think he he he'll be here for more years to come. So I thought with uh, players about to return from some of their loan moves, we'd have a quick chat about any that we think could get a second chance or an opportunity under Ralph next season. So a few that I uh, listed earlier, Wesley Hoyt, Glenn mentioned, big fan, Cedric Suarez, (laughs) (laughs) Sofiane Buffel, Guido Carrillo, Jordi Classy, Harrison Reed, Jake Heskis, Sam McQueen. So there's quite a few there. Steve, starting with you, any of those that you'd be willing to give a second chance to or you think Ralph would? Uh, Buffel, I want to have a look at. Um, I think... He has all the ability in the world and it's a case of can you find the right manager to get the most out of him and I mean, let's face it, Ralph is the most likely of the ones that he's had so far. 
What about work rate? That's my issue with Beefheart. I, 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 I never thought his work rate was an issue. Yeah. Even last season when he was playing, it was his work rate didn't seem to be a problem. Just it was decision it was, making. Yeah, decision making is yeah. is the issue, and it's it's when you offload and when you try and the take on is the key for getting the best out of Buffalo, I think. Mm. Um, I don't. I genuinely don't think his defensive work rate is is an issue at all. Mm. And I mean, at the end of the day, if it, if it became an issue, then he wouldn't last long under under Ralph. Yeah. And I guess the thing with him as well that we've kind of all witnessed is that in a nil-nil game, he's got the ability to ping one in from thirty yards and win you a match. Yeah, I mean, especially against teams that defend deep and don't give you enough space. Because while we've unusually scored quite a few goals against a lot of the better sides this season, because they're coming out with us and they'll give it, they'll give us the space to work work in when when we're on the counter attack and. And when we've got the ball, um, there are a lot of teams that will basically just sit in and think, "Well, they've got no imagination, they've got no idea." As long as we keep it tight, then they'll get frustrated and just start lumping the balls onto our head, and we're quite happy to deal with that. Um, if you've got someone who can unlock the defence, then all of a sudden it poses a different um, different question to them. I think he would, he could be quite key for us next season. Yeah. What about you, Freddie? Any of those scream out? Um, it won't be a popular choice, but I'd give Guido Acrigio a, a chance. Yeah. I mean, historically speaking, Saints have always had that target man, that six-foot yeah. striker. Um, we all know his, uh, I suppose, the reputation that's before him. He was Pellegrino's man, mm. but uh, do we know how much English he speaks? Do, do we know how many, you know, is he going to work well under Ralph Hasenhutl? I think mm. we can only see him in pre-season. If we see him play for the first game or two, then we may be on to winner here but um, I'd give him a chance I think he was quite important for some of the games I think Burnley in particular he set up uh, the goal for the Gabby Dini equaliser last season well, Bobby Madley wasn't it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> to be fair though you're right I mean, got an assist at West Brom as well didn't yeah. you I mean I yeah. went to that Newcastle game which was absolutely atrocious Pellegrino's last game and of the half hour I did watch he was the only one that was trying mm. so I'd give him a chance um, I think he's, he's scored quite a few goals for Leganes 5 and uh, 24 I was looking at yesterday ok quite a few then so that's <laughs> 5 more than he scored for us well they're, they're a team that don't score many <laughs> no exactly yeah. but you're right I mean, as you'd, you'd expect yeah, from a team having said that I think Leganes are almost uh, 3 or 4 points off uh, the Europa League qualifications yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah amazing they've had a lot of 1-0s recently yeah so I'd give uh, Carrillo a chance. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I was having this conversation with my father yesterday, rubbish, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, he, he came into a side that was struggling. You know, we weren't scoring goals. They weren't really playing to his strengths. And I think lots of us have written him off. But, you know, he played, what, seven games, something mm. like that. So you almost feel there may be a bit of a pre-season. Ralph's not stupid. I'm sure if they can get some money for him, then it, they're probably going to ship him on, aren't it, they? It'd but, be insulting but, as well to the, to the football club, yeah. you know, for £19 million to bin him off after seven games. Mm. 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 Yeah. What about you, Glenn? Wesley Hoyt? Uh, Wesley Hoyt no um, <laughs> I agree with Steve about Buffal yeah. um, I feel it'll be one out of him or Elianusi will stay and one will go mm. next season Buffal has obviously showed more than Elianusi ever has yeah. um, I'd put the Elianusi argument against Carrillo as well I didn't really see anything in his game that suggests I, I'd say it's a long shot that he's going to be any good I wouldn't bin him now. I think he'll come back for pre-season yeah. and Ralph will have a look at him. But mm. I think it's a severe long shot that yeah. he's going to be any good. Um, out of the others out on loan, Jordi Classy, no. I think it's time to accept that players like Harrison Reed mm. and possibly Jake Hesketh, um, possibly, are not going to be good enough to yeah. 
to play in a team. Reed, Reed's, just... Reed's an interesting one because he's been playing a completely different role at Blackburn this yeah. season. He's been playing a much more advanced role than he's ever played at any other club. Yeah. And I mean, they, they've been raving about him this season. Yeah, he won their most improved player, didn't he? Mm. Or newcomer right. of the year, wasn't right. it? Right. But I think it's I think it's like with him and Sam Gallagher are the same. They're sort of twenty big, big Gallagher, twenty three, twenty four. Are they are they ever gonna are, are they ever gonna really do it? Yeah. Um, Sam McQueen, who I th- thought a year or so ago yeah. looked a really good prospect. Yeah. He's been hammered by injury this yeah. year. I don't know whether he's going to be around next year. Yeah. He's third choice at left back if he does. So, is he even the left back? Ha- yeah. How long are we going to keep persevering with these? Um, we, we were talking about that a few weeks ago, weren't we? About mm. the fact that everyone talks about these young players, but they are 23, 24, yeah. 25 now. Yeah, they're not young players anymore. Well, really. until this season, we were still talking about people. People were still talking about James Ward Prowse yeah. as a potential. Yeah. He's twenty four. Played two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty games. Man United still talking about Jesse Lingard as a young player, and he's yeah. twenty six. And he's this yeah. thing as well. Like he's twelve. Yeah. But, you know, Raheem Sterling won Young Player of the Year for Premier League this season. <laughs> he's twenty four. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw something. I mean, that, that, that award should be changed. It shouldn't be. Yeah. The eligibility shouldn't be under twenty four. It should yeah. be in your first two seasons playing in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah. Because I think it should be like a rookie of the year type thing, mm, yeah. rather than a young player. Because yeah. some players come into the first team at seventeen, mm. and then so in your seventh year you're still eligible to win that win that award. That's just nonsense. I think yeah. did I see the other day Jesse Lingard's twenty six, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I saw so there was a great tweet, wasn't there, saying that I think someone had said one of the football, but as soon as had said yeah. he needs to learn from you know more experienced players around him. He's like older than Pogba. He's older than Pogba. Well, yeah, they're yeah. both basically twenty six <laughs> years old. So uh, there we go, yeah. classic. But, uh, there was yeah. another one saying Liverpool's young players are qualifying for the Champions League final, yeah. and ours are Jesse Lingard was fanning around doing something and then yeah, something again around, someone yeah. pointed out he's 26 yeah, yeah. I know. So, there we go um, one of the big things for us as fans and is sort of the anticipation around next season the rebuilding job that Ralph Hasenhilton appears to want to undertake this summer finances and squad size allowing but thinking about where we go from there then before we can get on to the whole who should we be signing Steve I guess the biggest challenge for him is going to be the load of players that we've got that are probably not in his plans and the massive wage bill yeah, I mean, you've got to find someone who's going to be willing to take those on. Realistically, we're probably going to be paying out significant um, chunks of money just to get players off the wage bill. So someone like, I mean, we mentioned earlier, Charlie Austin, um, from what I gather, he's on somewhere around 50, 60 grand a week. Nobody in the championships going to be paying that much money. No. Um, it's only one season with him, though, isn't it? Yeah, he's only got one year left, but... I think realistically we're going to want him off the wage bill because you can bring someone someone in probably from Europe who is 21-22 and able to hit the ground running um, and will provide us options for a number of years perhaps um, for the same sort of money Charlie Austin can hit the ground <laughs> oh yeah we can't run though. No, no yeah. that's exactly. Um, I mean, that was that was actually. Thinking back to one of my favourite moments of the season, the thing in a shirt was right up there. I think you, you oh, weren't Fulham. impressed at Fulham. Yeah, Jesus, it's, it's sixteen touches in seventy minutes. <laughs> oh, the hologram game. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. I, was, Jesus, I, wasn't just... I wasn't specifically going to ask about it, but obviously Shane Long's kind of coming into that last mm. year of his contract now, Freddie. Would Would you look at sort of maybe giving him another year on top of that now, or do you think he's still got a bit to do to prove himself? I know there was a conversation he said about he didn't feel he could knock on the manager's door until more recently. I think he's done enough to earn himself at least another year yeah. in his contract. I think it, the, the thing is with Shane Long, we're going to look at him to be an impact player to come off the bench yep. or start 30 seconds of a game and they come off again. <laughs> um, 
But, uh, you know, Shane Long, what he's going to be reached 33 into next season. Uh, I suppose our philosophy, like Steve said, we're going to look into Europe yeah. for a younger player who can hit the ground running. It's got the track record in, 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 in Europe. I think Shane Long will be an elder statesman. And I think after next season, it might be a, a fine send-off. You know, it'd be quite admirable, sort of the way that he will leave, you know, the way that Stephen Davis has recently left. He's now signed a permanent contract for a year for Stephen Davis, yep. uh, for Rangers, in yep. fact. So, Shane Long, somehow, he's transformed into this uh, this striker that's, that's scored four goals in, in four managers to, what, five goals in four games six, yeah, yeah, six exactly, games. Yeah. So Goal machine. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It, but I, I think, ultimately, it depends on whether he's happy to accept that role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he kind of self-aware enough to know that he's not going to be first choice next season when we've been able to bring in someone who we think can deliver on a more regular basis? Mm. Um, I think he probably is. I mean, he said the other day he's quite settled yeah, down. Maybe. He's, what is he, 31, 32? Yeah, you know, so um, yeah I mean, if, if he's, if he's, yeah, happy, to, if he's yeah. happy to accept 40, that... 50 grand a week in the Premier League. Yeah, if he's happy to accept that bit part role, then, yeah, yeah by all means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of other players then Glenn where do you think if you were Ralph Hasen who took two or three positions that you think right I really need to nail that um, assuming Carrillo is not the man uh, we obviously need a striker um, we need a centre back we've got three centre backs he obviously is going to play the three centre back formation at times but he's also going to play 4-2-2-2 as he calls it yep. um, so we need a, a proper centre back I would say you know, a Jose Font type character. I'm not suggesting someone of Font's age, but a leader yeah. back there yeah, to play. Possibly a left-sided player because I, I, I can't help but feel that Vestergaard would be better in the middle because mm. he seems, you know, he can play both sides. And he, he seems to be quite adept with the ball at his feet. So I think maybe a left-sided passing back, back to the goalkeeper. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kind of game. Um, so I, I see Yoshida being the, the sort of fourth choice, if mm. you like. Bednarek will hopefully carry on improving like he has this year. Yeah. Best of guard like he has in the second half of the season. Uh, uh, but, and we should be able to pick up a first choice centre-half from, from Europe for you know around our usual sort of 15 to 20 million. Yeah. Um, I know this Willie Orban from Leipzig has been mentioned yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. I think he might be a little bit more than that, to be honest. Maybe so, but you know... The, yeah. I'll be serious next you've got, you've got to imagine that that's the market Ralph's going to be looking at the yeah. sort of German Austrian mm. market that's mm. where you're going to get your value for money and he will know yeah. and he'll have his contacts and his agents and all those sort yeah. of things it does sound as if Leipzig are going to be going quite big this summer Yeah. so whether then whether they're actually planning for many of their first teamers to be leaving I don't know I mean Timo Werner is obviously going to be going at some yeah. point because yeah. he's got a year left and he'd, he'd do a job for us yeah. well yeah um, if we found <laughs> six, if we sold the rest of our score well yeah if we, if we found <laughs> 60 million euros down the, down the back uh, yeah. down the back of the sofa yeah. I mean, if you could go sort of all in on I mean there's, there's a possible question actually rather than spending 60 million quid on three or four players who are going to improve the squad what would you do if you could spend 60 million quid on one player and you couldn't buy anybody else what player would you buy what position you're asking me that question wow throw it open by the time I edit this it'll sound like I've answered it straight away I think it would be a goal scorer, wouldn't it? Mm. It would be someone that you can stick the ball in the net. Who would it be? Well, I, I mean, Werner, I, th- yeah. I think, would actually be perfect. It would for be that. someone like him or Cavani or someone like that. Mm. You know, someone that. That's the trouble with Saints is, you know, that we, we need mm. 10, 15 chances to score one or two. Admittedly, they've been a lot better under Hasenhutl, but it's someone that can turn those 1 1s into 2 1s and, you know, 0 0s mm. into. But yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to pay 
what you get don't you? there's no guarantees with even as we've spoken about it before 20 30 million doesn't get you much these days does mm. it so uh, yeah but I, i'm the same as you can i mean you can see my notes so i promise i'm not cheating but i had sent about command and experience communicator mm-hmm. leader you know that's what we need is someone back there and for me it's the spine of the team so yeah. we've spoken about a striker yeah Mid- all, midfield's fine yeah. center back and striker are, yeah. I, I see is the main two positions yeah. and we've got an issue at right back because we've only got one mm-hmm. and that's that's a difficult one because Jan Valerie has done brilliantly and you want to see him stay in the team and, and develop so do you bring in a more experienced player who is going to expect to be first choice who is going to expect yeah. to be first choice and then Valerie's second choice yep. and that's not good yep. so I suspect that won't be a priority I know there's been players linked mm-hmm. um, maybe. it depends what he thinks of Kane Ramsey I guess as, yeah. do you as go a good. different way on that and maybe sign sign a more experienced player who, 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 could, who could play the right side of a three yeah because then well there's an issue because then, 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 then you could play both yeah you would still play Valerie as the right wing back mm. yeah and yeah. whoever we sign maybe as the right centre half yeah. we don't want to leave ourselves in the situation that we've had this year or, and last year where Jack Stevens has to play in minutes Jack Stevens has to play at all yeah. or you have Matty Target playing on the wrong side or yeah. we've had Cedric playing on the wrong side mm. we've had yeah. all sorts of rubbish like that going yeah. on which you can't really defence is kind of the thing he needs to really I'm Mm. sure you know if we all know it he'll know it but it's the kind of the area of the pitch he needs to look at the other one I had and I know we briefly spoke about the other day was Romeo's kind of our only breaker upper isn't he you know there's not really anyone else there that's going to play that role no he's not but I I think the fact is you know if he's out injured there's no one to really play that role and I think that would be you know so thinking about the spine of the team maybe I was that would be the one other position I think that we could probably do with someone in there to do the donkey work well I I have a problem with Lamina and his attitude um, and the fact that he goes missing whenever, I'm with you on that, to be whenever we actually. Well, I said last week he's either a, he's either an eight eight or nine out of ten or two or three, isn't yeah. he? There's no there's no six and sevens. I think he's kind of the the, the first team player that may well be sacrificed mm. if anyone comes in with. Well, there's a market yeah, for him, fifteen isn't twenty million quid for him. I yeah. think he will go, yeah. and then they will replace him, or yeah. they will look at Cullen Slattery perhaps as being more of a first team player. Um, so I think if Lamina goes, certainly they'd look at a, another midfield player. Yeah. I've seen winger. You know, people seem to go on about wingers, but we've you've got Redmond who can play there. You've got Sims. You've got yeah. Armstrong. We don't really play with wingers. No, we that don't. Much. So you've got Ward Prowse who plays out there. As Redmond well, kind so. of drifts, and Ward Prowse drifts, and you got the you got the, over, you got the overlap from the from the yeah. fullbacks. Yeah, that's where the width comes from. It doesn't come from playing a real sort of stretching the game wide. No. I don't yeah. think. What about you, Freddie? Where will you be looking? I think it's quite unanimous. Um, we need, uh, for me, we need two centre backs. So uh, it's been re- reported that uh, you know Jack Stevens and Wesley Hoot are allowed to lead the club. So we're, we're missing two there. So as you say earlier, uh, we, we need a, we need a leader. I think that's obvious that we, we're, we're missing one. Uh, Hoiberg can do some degree of that, mm. but it's to conduct the team from the back is, is ultimately what we need. Mm. Um, you know, we, we loved uh, sort of Jose Font whilst he was captain. While he was actually focused, yeah. Before uh, he, he got, uh, you know, pre Euro twenty sixteen. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Before, before everyone had to call him champ. Yeah, exactly. Got um, <laughs> So I think it's quite obvious we need a leader. Uh, spend the best part of twenty million on on, on that, uh, and somebody that's going to really play for the shirt and really buy into the philosophy, the, the football club, the culture. You know, uh, and even look at it's a, a backup right back. I think it's quite obvious for that too. Whether it's somebody like we had Jeremy Pa uh, sort of season before last, who is you know he, he was pushing 30, 28 or twenty nine. Yeah. What's Kuka Martina doing? Yeah, where's he? Stoke somewhere. Yeah, he's somewhere else, isn't he? Yeah. Fuck, no, he's, oh, he's fallen, didn't he? He's got back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was crap. Um, 
And I think it's obvious we need a striker. Uh, I think uh, it's quite obvious Charlie Austin will be leaving after his cryptic Twitter post earlier yeah. uh, yeah, today. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can't rely on Danny Ings to be fit for the entire season. Yeah. Or yeah. indeed half the season. <laughs> Just to sort of wrap up then, um, I guess the Saints fans were used to tempting fate and jumping the gun and all those sort of things, but how excited about next season are you, Glenn? Um, I'm 50 years old, so I don't get too <laughs> ridiculously excited about anything like these days. But yeah, as, as seasons go, as you know, sitting here at the end of, end of one season looking at next, I'm actually looking forward to it, really looking forward to it. Um, you know, we maybe we won't beat Arsenal at home next year, but I think we'll do better against some of the also rounds yeah. that we've struggled with. Um, we, when we played Watford a, a week or so ago, a couple of weeks ago, at the time they were seventh in the league, mm. and we were the better side. Mm. And I, I'm just thinking it, it isn't going to take much improvement yeah. to be at that sort of level mm. where you're looking at those teams that finish seventh and eighth mm. next, mm. you know, this year. I think Everton are going to be strong next year. Newcastle are going to be fairly probably going to be fairly strong so they're the sort of teams that I want us to be yeah. competing with um, rather than Newcastle will be very interesting I think yeah. mm-hmm. it's hard to tell because, which way they're going to go yeah I mean well, if, if, Benitez well, if, goes, if, if Benitez goes they're in a whole world of trouble yeah, yeah. Um, because they've got a champion Champions League manager managing a championship squad more or less yeah. and by the sound of it they're still umming and ahhing over whether they want to buy yeah. um, Salomon Rondon it's like Really? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, if if he's if he's available, yes, throw all of the money at him because he would be perfect. Not that much. (laughs) Well, West West Brom. I think the deal with Newcastle is basically it's fifteen million or twenty if West Brom go back up. And that's the deal they've got got agreed. So that works for me. Yeah. Since we're linked with Mitrovic. No. I, I think it's a rubbish one. No, no, at all. I, I, don't take I, I like him as a player, but I think he's mental. He's a bad egg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you remember when when we played at Newcastle two, three years ago? He came off the bench and yeah, literally, he took, he took literally, within, literally within yeah, twenty yeah. seconds, he kicked Matt Target into, into <laughs> the Gallagher. <laughs> I mean that well that, it should have been a red yeah totally totally should have but uh, yeah and just obviously we're going to catch up during the week for the final pod Steve but Freddie again it's been an absolute knackering season for you you mm. know I think all of us love your content and all the hard work you do and all the interviews with the chaps and all that sort of thing but again in terms of the ugly inside of next season how excited are you about having a few positive videos to do um, well it's, it's certainly going to be a much improved uh, season let's say uh, let, let, let's put our predictions out there you know I think um I mean, this season you could say it's not—it's not even been half as exhausting as it were last season. You know, yeah. to be. But we're all still knackered. We are. We, we still are. We've been for the ringer, I think, over the last yeah. two, three seasons. So we deserve a bit of luck now, and I yeah. think Ralph is the man to, to to ride that wave to to push us on. And I think uh, you know you were saying we need to be a bit like Watford and Newcastle. I think we even need to look at Bournemouth, mm. a consistent mid-table team now since they've ever been up. However, having said that, they've now got a very aging squad. And have, has how been found out? Those Bournemouth fans that I've spoke to, yeah. they're not entirely convinced yeah. because they're going nowhere. Yeah. So we need to be looking for a top ten next season. Yeah. Glass ceiling for them, isn't it? Well, yeah. Leachy said the other day, they kind of there's the first sort of murmurings of discontent yeah, there yeah. about that. Yeah. I worked down there. Though. Yeah. that's very true. Yeah. yeah, that's where I worked. Yeah, his his record in the transfer market. I mean, every every manager's record in the transfer market is mixed, but his is probably on the fringe Liverpool players yeah his is is on the on the sort of lower end of the scale I think in terms of his success rate because he still ends up going back to Simon Francis and and Steve Cook who are are like (laughs) (laughs) who are like 50 something it's like how how are they still playing their championship players Um, and their defensive record demonstrates that 
they're a funny side they're a really odd team aren't they but it has to be said though I mean Bournemouth can splash out 20 million on a on a defender says Mazaros and why can't we do the same yeah. mm. but then they signed the lad for Brentford and he got hauled off after 15 minutes ago <laughs> start God he was awful wasn't he yeah. Jesus um, well yeah because we were linked with him weren't we yeah we were mm. yeah that's right yeah. it's only very briefly though wasn't mm. it it was yeah. like and, and then finally that's, that's, like, that's, 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 yeah I suspect that was probably an agent yeah. just le- leaking that to just to try and bump the price up a little oh, bit exactly get the deal done Thanks for listening to this 75th episode of Total Saints Podcast. A big thanks to Freddie and Glenn for giving up their time to come and record with Steve and I. And again to Five Rivers for allowing us to record here. Steve, as ever, thanks to you. We'll obviously catch up for our last pod of the season during the week. Uh, We have one more TSP planned for this season, which will be out later during this week. We commence on the 13th of May. Ending in style, we'll wrap up the Prediction League. Steve's obviously got his fingers crossed for the Huddersfield game. Actually, to be fair, so far, I don't want Leachy to win. Uh, (laughs) Confirm our first TSP Fantasy Premier League champion. We're going to have a unique competition giveaway for our TSP patrons only and we're going to hear from the wonderful Ralph Hasenhutl so until then keep marching in days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.